This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM. You're listening to Dollars and Change on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Welcome back to Dollars and Change here on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. I'm Sandy Hunt, and I'm grateful that you listeners are here with us for another series of great conversations tackling some of the biggest issues in our world. We're really talking about finance always. And in this segment, we're going to be talking about finance for the poor in the world's 47 least developed countries with Jaffer Machano, Global Head of Municipal Investment Finance at the UN Capital Development Fund. That must be quite a large business card. Jaffer, welcome to Dollars and Change. Thank you a lot, and uh, thank you for hosting us on your um, show. It is it is our pleasure. So when it comes to the UN, I think it's a brand everyone recognizes and would raise their hand and say, I know what the UN is. And then if I asked them to define the work, the hands would all go down. Um, so give us some you know, perspective on the UN Capital Development Fund specifically and what role that part of the organization plays. So um, UN uh, Capital Development Fund, or we like to call ourselves UNCDF, um, our mandate is really to support um, the least developed countries, and um, now worldwide there only remain 47 out of the 187 countries worldwide, and to support them in terms of capital. Um, and we do mostly uh, two programs, uh, local development, meaning supporting uh local economies in municipalities and um, uh, small companies. And also uh, nowadays the request has been more and more on how to support uh, countries to digitize in terms of Internet and uh, financial inclusion. Uh, So that's our mandate. Uh, We are created by the General Assembly um, about uh, 40 years ago. And um, uh, here we are. Uh, continuing to uh, tackle uh, strong development programs. Excellent. So, you know, developing local economies is a big charge. Forty years ago, you guys were given this mission, um, and you're where you are today with these two key priorities of developing local economies and helping them to digitize. How did you land on those being the two most uh, valuable levers of change that you were going to, you know, use as your... uh, you know, action plans? Um, so within the UN, um, the UN is the way it operates. Uh, it's a body which is managed by the member states. And then within the member states, they tend to have their own groups, um, you know, like the G7 and, and, and the like. So the least developed countries have um, their own group, which um, they put forward what their main challenges. And then out of that, um, we create programs from, from, from that uh, perspective. And they also, together with the donor countries, which is the most wealthy um, seven countries in the world, sit on our board. So these programs and requests that come from the least developed countries get discussed, and uh, this is how our mandate is translated into programmatic approach on the ground. 
Excellent. And let's talk, let's jump into some specifics because I think that always helps to paint the picture. Can you give us an example of some of that local development work? So maybe a specific, you know, country and what the intervention the UNCDF took to improve things there was. So um, the best example will be um, we are currently doing um, programs in Cambodia uh, where um, we are supporting the government on how uh, do municipalities and especially these uh, intermediary uh, cities uh, manage climate change. So water project, for example, how, how to make it climate sensitive um, so that uh, when it rains, um, drain water doesn't get in clean water. Uh, so these are the projects we help them design, we help them uh, put policies together and regulatory change, and then uh, we handheld them in the financing process. Uh, both grants and concessional financing um, from um, the developing world. So that will be uh, one example. Another example we are supporting uh, currently in Uganda, in northern Uganda, after post-conflict, together with European Union, uh, who's funding uh, uh, that project, uh, we are creating uh, how... Uh, does a municipality give business licenses, how business registration is set, and, and so on and so forth, uh, in order to create employment and bring back normality to a country. Excellent. And one of the goals I see here is unlocking, you know, not only the you know, capital that the UNCDF can deploy, but also unlocking public and private finance. Can you give an example of how, you know, where you might have served as some of that catalytic capital to unlock other forms? So um, actually, that's where we see the uh, the biggest uh, impact. Um, I thought to, it might to be our program. <laughs> yes, because the the donors um, who provide us the, with the fund that uh, UNCDF operates on it's it's always small, and they can only uh, give you so much. Mm-hmm. But what we've come across is we uh, see a lot of really good projects um, that who stand on it, on their own um, and, and access capital commercially. Uh, however, a uh, majority of these cities uh, tend not to have access to capital because they are governed within the credit worthiness and limit of a country. Um, so I'll give, you, I'll give you one of the really interesting uh, examples. Um, a city like Los Angeles, if they today are doing um, Los Angeles River uh, transformation program, they can issue debt independent of, um, uh, irrespective of the United States Treasury, trillions of debt kind of thing. But Nairobi wants to just issue debt for its water, and it's about $200 million. Um, it has to go through all of these approvals of IMF and the World Bank and the, uh, to be in the national Kenya budget and all of it. So what we do is we come in, we support the city, we put a guarantee mechanism to say, let the city issue the debt on its own. Should the investors be, should there be a default, we will provide a guarantee. That way, it allows these really good projects um, to be standing on their own feet based on their own cash flow. And we do every due diligence like any other financial institution will do with appropriate conservativeness in terms of debt management. 
um, and and uh, we've started seeing results. Excellent. So you're de-risking those investments in a way. De-risking the investments, yes. So how have you seen that impacting those investments beyond your investment? So, you know, the goal of de-risking, of course, is that you, you know, demonstrate that there's capability and um, sort of adjust the risk profile for some of these investments. Have you seen that in action after you've made those initial investments? What other capital comes in? Yes. Um, so one of the best examples is um, uh, 10 years ago, we used to have a program that we will support countries to do feeder roads. Uh, and, you know, you can have a really nice highway, but it really only makes sense if uh, towns and villages are connected to that highway. Otherwise, economic activities don't really pick up. Um, so, so that uh, project, we did it for about five, six years, and then in doing that, we uh, designed together um, with the countries this idea of um, putting a small tax in fuel um, that then uh, can uh, finance uh, commercially or um, uh, fi- uh, uh, in a capital market. Uh, debt that then funds roads. That project has been so successful, UNCDF now does not do feeder road program anymore because um, between World Bank and and IFC and capital markets, a lot of countries now have been able to uh, get access to those kind of things. Um, So That's what you want, right? Exactly, exactly. The best part of development uh, is actually getting yourself out of a job. It's it's really interesting. So mostly now we focus um, on urbanization issues, uh, climate, uh, and of course, supporting um, businesses because businesses are what uh, give jobs and ability for economic growth. Absolutely. Have you come across any challenges where you just don't see financial sustainability beyond sort of aid and grants, and you you know you haven't been able to quote unquote get yourself out of a job as as is the goal? Yes. Um, so one of our uh, that's basically one of our uh, major projects, and we call it LDF. It's a development fund. So every year um, we specifically raise funds for grants for those kind of projects that cannot sustain itself. For example, currently one of our biggest uh, development fund projects is Somalia. Um, we are managing on like how a basic, basic example of these towns in Somalia that they are coming now to the level of stability. Um, how does the municipality work? Uh, how does um, uh, local assembly create bylaws that then transportation works on it and business taxes are paid and those kind of things. So, so um, we, I think, will be in Somalia for quite some time. Um, we know we've been asked uh, to start supporting Afghanistan, for example, on the areas and should the post-conflict area uh, period come back in. Um, but we've we've done this. We've done uh, my example on Cambodia. We've done in Cambodia after their civil war um, 20 years ago, and and that was gone. And and as the countries develop. Uh, they they pick up, but there's quite a bit of what uh, we are currently doing that uh, is still there. Excellent. We're talking to Jaffer Machano, Global Head of Municipal Investment Finance at the UNCDF. You know, I think you've got a very unique perspective having deployed this capital and to be working across almost 50 countries. 
What are some trends that you're seeing around areas that, um, you know, maybe are being sort of locally solved and resolved? And what are the next generation issues that we're seeing these countries struggle with? Um, so actually, to many of our surprise, the, the, the main thematic issues are the same uh, once you remove uh, post-conflict areas. Our biggest example right now is actually climate. A lot of uh, cities in the least developed countries, they're saying, hey, this issue of rainfall pattern changes, um, scarcity of water, and um, how do we manage the predictability? Uh, unpredictability of weather patterns. Um, so we, we are really uh, in the process of um, trying to figure out if we take a position, say, this idea of 1.5 degrees um, increase, if we miss it, how can we adapt? Because um, in, in, in climate cities, yes, there's an issue of mitigation, but more and more the question is how do we adapt with this new challenge that we have. So um, we are seeing those. We are seeing um, the issue of how to use technology to solve their problems. This is a normal uh, many cities are doing from how to manage traffic to how um, to manage uh, the way of planning and, 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 and other areas. Um, the issue of how what we are finding uh, really interesting more and more is sources of water. Um, in a lot of uh, rest of the world, it's not like the U.S. and Canada. They've shared um, uh, the lakes uh, for over 100 years without a problem. A lot of countries fight um, over rivers and lakes that they're sharing. And again and again, we have been called to try and put a systems together on how um, resources can become uh, an item of peaceful collaboration and arrangement. So those three, four uh, areas, um, we are seeing them uh, thematically again um, in least developed countries. That makes sense. How has technology changed the landscape of this work in the 40 years that you guys have been deploying capital? Are you seeing any, you know, tech solutions that are making previously intractable problems now more solvable? Yes, yes. And I think the the number one uh, biggest one is mobile technology. Um, so, so now... Um, in a lot of developing world, we are seeing um, the emergence of uh, mobile money um, and people now, as we are integrating mobile money into um, uh, tax payments, payment of utility bills and uh, the like, municipalities um, can start forecasting in a little bit more um, uh, clear vision on how and how much they can raise and how much their economy, uh, local economy, is be able to giving them. And with that, they can provide social services in a bit more predictable manner and, and, and ability to actually um, plan. So, so we are seeing technology uh, really uh, bringing in quite uh, strong enabling um, uh, activities. We are seeing uh, support from different uh, companies uh, which have foundation perspective that allows us to deploy um, uh, sort of solutions from uh, 
how do a city plans where to build roads and decongest all the way to uh, budget planning and, and the rest. Wonderful. And my last question, we got a few more minutes here, is um, how are you sharing these lessons and learnings across the countries? Because I think you're seeing, I would assume, countries in various stages of, you know, economic relief or despair. You're seeing countries in various stages of, you know, all sorts of issues. And so you've got a chance to have a little bit of that, uh, you know, crystal ball to see into the future of how these problems can get worse or get better. How do you share that knowledge across to sort of either, you know, decrease the learning curve of solving the problem or um, help mitigate and, and correct a path before they're too far in a, uh, a troublesome direction? So I think um, there's, there's two ways to that. Uh, traditionally, the way we do it is um, every three years, we have an independent monitoring and evaluation of majority of our programs and uh, lessons learned. And then that gets presented to our board where all these countries are members and, and, and information gets disseminated that way. And so far, that has, has worked well. But we, we have started thinking, actually, um, the ones who really need um, to understand this properly, uh, from private sector to um, financial capital markets, to actually start understanding what's going on um, in these countries and where... Uh, they can provide um, support based on what they do just because there's more information. So we started partnering with OECD in Paris, um, and we've created a database um, on observatory, and it will start to issue global reports um, starting from next year. So, so we, are, we are working on now trying to sort of expand that reporting mechanism uh, from our traditional specific um, country uh, stakeholders to start bringing in um, global actors who we think are the ones who have most of the solutions um, to, 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 to come in to support with us. What inspiring work. It's, it's incredible to hear what's happening and, um, and, and just great and fascinating to hear about some of these trends and what is being done about them. Uh, certainly, I think sharing that knowledge across um, countries must go a very, very long way to you know, increasing the scale of solutions and decreasing the problems. Jaffer Machano from the Global Head of Municipal Investment Finance at the UNCDF, thank you for joining us on Dollars and Change today. Thank you a lot. I really appreciate it, Sandy. For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play.